All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the two ugly for TV podcast. Hey, Jake. How's it going? All is well here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We are recording on Sunday, October 14th, and uh, Jake, I'm fucking exhausted. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, nice. What happened is uh, I, I had gigs Thursday, Friday, and then I'll tell you what happened Saturday. Long day at the bathhouse, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Thursday I had this no Friday I had this gig uh, Thursday's gig was great Friday's gig was great but Friday I had this gig and in the contract from the booking agent it said in all capital letters do not make fun of the hotel while you are on stage which is never how good. shitty of a hotel is it that they have to have that in capital letters it, you know what I'm saying <laughs> you know who doesn't have to do that the goddamn Hilton you know they, they don't need to do that what? and if you do make fun of them they can take it they're like yeah whatever we're the goddamn Hilton I don't care what some <laughs> some guy throws in the I don't care what some guy riffs on the tail of one of his dick jokes like we're still the Hilton well and that's the thing is I, I mean the instant I saw it I'm like how many comedians got on stage and said holy shit this hotel sucks and made fun of it so instead of changing hotels they just put that in the contract that is their solution instead of saying you know uh, 10 comics in a row just shit on the hotel maybe we should send them somewhere so I see that and I look the hotel up it's the Knights Inn in Stevens Point now that it's the gig is over I can talk about it all I want and especially on our podcast because I'm not on stage it, see they need to put in capital letters right after that in caps lock don't talk about it on your podcast uh, <laughs> A couple days later either that's where they fucked up they need to they need to change with the times maybe if they were better at changing with the times they wouldn't have comics making fun of their entire like zorro themed hotel or whatever the fuck's going on there. i wish it had been zorro themed so the instant i saw that i looked the place up one of the reviews said the the title was just sleep in your car that was the title of the review and then it was like a zero star or one star review but it I mean, the only positive thing I can say about this hotel is the meth was so fresh. All you had to do was knock on the room next door and just, like, farm-to-table meth right there. It's, it's you know, locally sourced. It was a... F- Dude, that's good stuff, you know? Yeah. Fresh anhydrous. You want that. You want that. But you know how you called the uh, the, the, the cover of the bed, the, the duvet, uh, the, cum, the cum catcher, is it? Oh, the cum catchers. Yeah. yeah. This was the entire room. This this room, like, I, I, I took, I showed my wife, I did a walking tour on video chat. So it wasn't just a cum catcher, it was like an entire cum greenhouse. Yeah. The, I, like, the, there were white spots on a black chair, and I'm like, that that has to be. Wow. Fuck. It was just gross. So uh, what happened was, instead of staying there, I was two hours, no, actually 90 minutes from my mom's house. What maid is going through there? Like, they don't pay me enough to clean jizz off the chairs. I'm leaving it. I, I don't know that there is a maid. I think they might have hired someone, like, housekeeping to them is just changing the sheets or remaking the bed. Uh, but as far as cleaning, no, that didn't happen. So instead nice. of staying there, I just drove to my, my mom still lives in Wisconsin, and so I drove uh, to, to her house after the gig, got in around midnight, uh, slept at my mom's house. Well, here's here's where it gets. This is why I'm fucking exhausted. So I get to my mom's house around midnight. I go to bed, you know, about 12:30. I woke up at 3 a.m. and could not fall asleep. Uh, back, I just laid in bed from 3 to about 5 a.m. And then I said, "Fuck it, I might as well get up and drive home." So I got up and my mom was awake. So we had breakfast together and then I drove home. So I get back to Iowa City and. Uh, my wife has the kids out, so I go meet them, and we go to the mall, and we're fucking around, and we get back home at about 11.30 a.m., and I get a message, hey, can you do a gig tonight? I'm like, well, I, I, Saturday I do have the night off, and 
it's a well-paying corporate gig, but it's five hours away, which means I'd have to shower. And this is a different one than the hotel. Yeah, right? yeah. This is a, this is a new gig. Okay. This is I was already. I was going to say, man, what hotel? They, they can't afford cleaning staff to literally move the chair that's covered in jizz outside and get another chair, but they can hire a comic? No, no. The, I, the, the gig and the hotel are separate. The gig was fine. Oh, okay. The gig was great. It's just that the hotel was obviously so cheap because the gig pays for the hotel. Is, uh, you know, they, they... Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, so, wait. The gig doesn't take place at the hotel. It's just that the hotel they get... Yeah, they, they, they had to have at the gig, they... like, don't tell people my cousin owns this place right. and he loses a lot of money every time someone fucking gets on stage because it's such a shitty hotel. Well, it, the, the, but the thing is, like, where the, the clients that were at the hotel, that was probably about what they're used to at their trailer park. Like, anybody that I would sure. have made fun of the hotel at, at the gig, nobody that could afford to go to a comedy show and spend 10 bucks on a ticket. Like, the people at the comedy show were normal middle class people. They were not going right. to go to this night's in. So it was literally the gig found the cheapest hotel in town, like put the comics there, fuck it, it's cheap. And then they didn't want that people complaining. That makes it even crazier. It. That makes it even crazier that because that means the other people in the crowd aren't staying at the hotel. Exactly. No. So it's not inherently relatable to the crowd. That means there's been so many comics who have stayed at that hotel and be like, listen, I know you guys have no I f- no fucking idea what I'm talking about, but I need to vent to you before I get into my dick jokes, you know? And they just went off on how shitty their comedy condo was. Exactly, yeah. And and again, and so the, the, the change that was made there was not, hey, maybe we should put him in a better hotel. It was, let's put in the contract the verbiage that says you are not allowed to make fun of the hotel. That was the solution. That's funny. So anyway... As I said, I drive, I drive to Madison instead of staying in the hotel. Then I drive home to Iowa City, and uh, I get up. I, meet, I hang out with my family, or I, I, get, I meet up with my family, and I get an, emer- um, an emergency call Saturday saying, can you do a gig tonight? Uh, my comedian is trapped in Tennessee. It's five hours north in Wisconsin. It's a well-paying corporate gig. And I'm like, absolutely, but I have to jump in my car right now because uh, the gig starts at 7, and I'll get there about 6.15. And that's what I did. Got in my car, drove there did the gig. It was a great gig. I had a lot of fun. Uh, got to my hotel, different hotel, different city last night. And just for fun, just to look it up, I was uh, one hour and 42 minutes away from the Saturday night gig on Friday. But I didn't get the Saturday night gig until Saturday because it was an emergency last minute thing. Um, So I drove all the way, I I drove fucking from Wisconsin all the way home and then turned around and drove all the way back to one hour and 42 minutes from where I had just been in Wisconsin because I got a different gig. So then uh, what happens is I go to my hotel room and I go to sleep, but I wake up, I go to bed at about 11 p.m. and or 11.30 and I wake up at 1.20 a.m. And I can't sleep. I'm just fucking wide awake. And so at 2.10 a.m., I decide, fuck it. I obviously am not falling asleep again. And I just turn around and drive home again overnight. And so I've been awake now since 1.20 a.m. after having slept for two hours off the day before when I slept from, you know, uh, what did I say, 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Or no, midnight to 3 a.m. in the morning. So basically, I've been up a lot. It's been a lot of driving and a lot of... So that's been my weekend. How's uh, well? At least you avoided a cum catcher. You got to look at the glasses half full. Man. Yes, that's true. But I, I was probably on a cum mattress. Uh, I, I avoided the cum catcher, but I was on a cum mattress. 
you don't think about the mattress. You just wrap it up in your own sheets and pretend it doesn't exist down there. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, while I was driving, since I was doing so much driving this past weekend, I listened to so many podcasts, and I did bang out the new Joe Rogan with Roseanne. Have you had a chance to listen to it? If you didn't... I did. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because it's it, even if you didn't, you said you'd listened to her in the past, and she... Yeah. Why I've been doing a lot of talking. Why don't you start with this because we can talk about this for forever. It's it was so fascinating and made me feel bad uh badly about the way society behaves and I don't you start. You start talking and uh we can go from there. Well, yeah, I mean everybody was kind of shocked about the way she's been acting and it's like all all you got to do is listen to her interviews and stuff, man. Like she's She's a sweet lady, man, but she's fucking bad shit. She's all over the place. Like, you you really want to see something crazy. Have you seen the documentary with her uh, where she's running for president? I have not. She sounded even crazier than she did on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, well, <laughs> even fucking let, crazier. Let's, let's and this was running for president. I, I want to go to the beginning because we can toss out words like crazy, and that's just a term. But when we say crazy, what she talks about on the Rogan podcast, and apparently it's been discussed before, I just never knew it. She is yeah. legitimately mentally ill. She has been institutionalized. She got hit by a car as a teenager, and it knocked her brain loose. And I think she was a little younger, but yeah, yeah. Was, she, she was 15, was, I thought it, she the, said. The, I, yeah. Oh, was she 15? I, I thought she was younger. I, I, I could have been wrong on that. I could be wrong, too. But either I think way, it yeah, it, it, the, the, um, she said the emblem of the car went into her brain. Right. And so, so it's not just a matter of, man, she's crazy. You know, like, bitches be crazy. It's, it, like you said, she, on the podcast, she is a sweetheart. And everybody made fun of her for, oh, I was on Ambien. But here's the thing. Even before she did that, I have a joke in my act about taking Ambien and doing crazy shit. Because that was in the news Several years ago, people would wake up driving their cars or making a meal, and she had oh, yeah. a couple beers, took an Ambien, and and here's the, I'm not, she said it was not a racist tweet, and I, I believe her. Dude, I got so fucked up on Ambien once, I, I blacked out, and I woke up, and I was, I was a member of the Supreme Court, man. <laughs> it was crazy. I partied my ass off, I apparently, uh, the whole, uh, the whole party came out too, man, but they, uh, they threw me on the court. Um, but anyway, she, she says, but she never explains. That's the part that makes her crazy. She keeps saying, I, it was not about racism. It was not about comparing her to apes because I am not making fun of the way someone looks. And, I under, and I'm speaking more articulately than she is. Uh, she's saying, I'm not making fun of their looks. Or, and I understand the relation between uh, you know, racism and calling uh, African-Americans, comparing them to monkeys. She just keeps saying, it's a political film. And I was tweeting about Iran. And I wanted to debate Valerie Plame uh, about Iran, but she never says why. She she just keeps saying over and over, it was a tweet about Iran and a science fiction movie, but she doesn't justify why she used Planet of the Apes to tweet about, you know, Val... It, it was it like, you believe her when she says, I genuinely was not being racist, but her because she is, because she is insane, her explanation doesn't make any sense, and it's believable because on the podcast, she talks about seeing lizard people and being an alien herself. And at one point, she goes off, if you remember this toward the end, even Rogan had to push back because she was saying, oh, they just keep saying, kill all the Jews, kill all the Jews. 
And in her mind, I figured out after her talking for so long that she was talking about Iran wanting to kill Jews, but she put it in the context of Americans tweeting, kill all the Jews, and Rogan's pushing back saying, nobody's tweeting, kill all the Jews, and she couldn't even articulate right. the fact that she meant the, the, the but it's like, even what I said, she talks about lizard people and being an alien, and she's well, all that's over what, the place. That's, it's, it's in line with, with stuff that Roseanne does on Twitter. She'll, she'll go into these like crazy political debates with people but then she'll get insanely pissed off and just and then just say the craziest things uh people have put together even before this happened just just compilations of like horrible things that she's tweeted at people and it's because yeah like she's legitimately batshit nuts which i was like even when i found out she was getting the show i was like cool i happy for her. I like her as a comic and as an entertainer and stuff, but like, yeah, that lady, uh, there's, there, there's a reason she's been kind of out stri- outside the mainstream for a while. It's because she's kind of gone nuts. And so I, I, I think it's a combination of, of the stuff we talked about and the fact that she separated from society for so long, like I was talking about last yeah, week with yeah, Kanye. Yeah. I, even, I, I even brought it up too, is, is she has now taken that and she has kind of gone outside of society with it. And so she's getting that um, a little bit of, of the same sort of stuff that goes on with people in solitary confinement, but she's surrounded by yes men. The few people that she is around are people going, oh yeah, no, you're a genius. Yeah, all those voices you hear, more genius coming out. Well, you know? either that or in her case, I would wager a guess that if it's not yes men, because she seems fairly isolated, that it's people right. that are as crazy as her, because she is such right. a well, that's unique... What it, well, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, it, that's a different version of Yes Men. It's people who kind of pander to it in, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, because she, I mean, I, 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 and I, I, I will fully admit that when I saw her tweet, I, I, I said racism. Because you just look at it, and on the surface, when you talk about African Americans and, and, and apes or monkeys or you, it racism. It is one of the oldest racist tropes there is to compare to compare African Americans to primates, and it's horrible and it's disgusting. And when I saw the tweet, well, and look, like, did, did she mean it in any kind of racial context? Who knows, man? Because right now, what we're hearing is a lady who's in full-on defense mode, well, yes and, and no. she's just Did you trying hear her not to get fired. Uh, months ago, uh, she the one where she was yelling and shit. No, the other one. She was yelling after nobody was listening to her. She was legit right, right. crying and saying, "Oh I, yeah, I, yeah, like this is not what I meant." But the fucked up thing is to get back. She she kept saying it's about Iran and policy, but she could never defend that. Like she could never articulate why she tweeted, you know, this person and this movie to be about Iran. Because she one she couldn't articulate it in the tweet, and then she can't articulate it to this day. But when you're well, listening to her talk, like, she's not you articulate. Can't really, yes. And, and am I saying that like it was? Did she mean it racially? Maybe I don't know that she did, but I don't know that she didn't. I don't. Th- I don't. Honestly, with this, with this, with this waxed out of her mind as she is, I don't think she truly knows. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. I think, especially being on drugs and shit, I think she just she gets into these fucking frenzies and just says whatever the fuck. And I, I, she probably barely even remembers it. You know. And that's why it is. I don't. It it it's sort of sad in a way that you you take someone that has legitimate mental issues. And all we talk about is how uh, mental health is so important and what if these kids go into sh- schools and shoot up a school? Why don't we have adequate, adequate mental health um, 
uh, care for people. And yet the instant someone that has legitimate mental health issues does something that people don't like, she's just attacked and hounded and right. attacked and she loses everything. And that is sad that as a society, that's what we do is we just take it all away instead of having a discussion and sitting down and, and like listening and talking like what made you think this was okay what can you do moving forward now the most in- yeah on, well on on doug stanhope's one of his more recent bits or his, his, his more recent specials he had he had a bit about that where he uh he, he broke down uh you know people with mental problems into two categories mentally challenged and mentally disturbed right and he was saying that mentally challenged people you know with like autism and down syndrome and things like that they get a ton of sympathy and, oh, we, we, you know, we need to be kind to them and, and, and all that. Whereas mentally disturbed people, they get kind of thrown aside, you know, and, and she's in the mentally disturbed camp. And so people don't really look. They're just like, oh, that person's crazy. And, and you, you know, who, who gives a shit, right? Like, just keep them away and, and that kind of thing, you know. So that's I think there is some of that going on. That, that being said, um you know, she she was still an entertainer at a pretty high level, and I, I get why ABC, who like owns Disney, wouldn't really want their name attached to that kind of thing. Like right. you got you got to expect that anything that's that's it just it seems that fucking racial in 2018. Yeah, it's it's gonna come with some consequences. You know what I mean? Like if you're if if you were on a major network, it's gonna come with some consequences. And with her, I think. They were they were already planning for something like this to happen. That's why that's why it happened so quickly. If you remember, I, I, it was within a matter of hours yeah, after was, that tweet within came a few out. Hours. And let me interrupt yeah. you quick because that to, the most interesting and telling part of the interview uh, to me was. I mean, in the middle of all the rambling, this didn't happen up front. It was somewhere toward the back end, where she just came out and said, "She said, oh yeah, well you know." They told me not to tweet, so it is my fault. Well, right. I did tweet when I sat right. down with ABC. They said, "Hey, get off Twitter," and I didn't get off Twitter. So she even and she and she said it. That's it's my fault. She didn't say it like that, but she admitted. She said, "I was told not to tweet. I tweeted. This is what happened. What are you gonna do?" Like she didn't cry the entire time. She thinks it's unfair sure. that her show was taken away, but she also understands that she did it. And so I thought that was pretty interesting that before this happened. Um, ABC said, knock it off with the tweeting, and she didn't. Well, that's why, like, I guarantee you, if this was, uh, if this was maybe, I, I don't know, uh, Stephen Colbert or uh, Jimmy Fallon or, or, or someone on SNL, take your pick, right? Um, if, if they had tweeted the exact same thing, you know, and then they were saying, oh, dude, I was on Ambien, and, and I didn't even know she was black, I don't, you, you know what I mean? If they were saying the same thing, I don't know that they wouldn't have lost their job. But I know it wouldn't have been as fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there would have been an investigation, an apology tour. You know, they would have, yeah. Right. There would have been like, hey, what's going on? What are we going to, we need to have a meeting. What are we going to do about this? With this, they had the meeting months ago because they were expecting (laughs) this kind of thing to happen. They were like, listen, somebody else might get a few strikes with something like that. You, one strike and you're fucking done. Don't tweet. We know you have a history with that. That is literally our biggest concern with giving you this show is that you are going to say or do something that's going to make us look bad. And so I, I guarantee you the first time, like when that first happened, 
the, everybody just on the board, like, like whatever, high up at ABC just got a phone call and was like, listen, the goose has shit the nest. I say again, the goose has shit the nest. This is not a drill, people. We drilled on it last week, but the goose has actually shit the nest. Uh, but it's it's in effect, you know. So, I yeah, do I think that there was a, an overreaction on that? Yes. That being said, uh, she kind of had a history with it. People were kind of gunning with her. Uh, do I think that her being a Trump supporter gave her a little bit more of an unfair shake being in the entertainment oh, absolutely. industry? Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but they were expecting this. This was this was like I, I guarantee you when they when they when they gave her the gig, it, she was even saying they told me not to tweet. I think it was a little more harsh than that. I think they were like, listen, if you do this, you're fucking done. Like, if you make us look bad, we own Disney, okay? Your show may make us a lot of money, but it's not going to do what the next 10 Disney films will do for us. And if you put us in a position to where we're listening to these bullshit boycotts and then Pixar is deciding to to cash in on it and release some other stupid cartoon the same day as our comes out for the next five years, and now we're going to lose money because of some bullshit you tweeted? I think they no, own Pixar, like this, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, whatever, whoever the fuck's making cartoons. I don't know, someone yeah. in Korea. I, I have no idea. Well, one more thing, and then let's move on before people get bored with us uh, bitching, talking about Roseanne. But I, I will say, well, I will say, though, with her, with those making those, with, with her making that kind of deal with, with, with them, it seems like what they did they didn't realize just how bad shit she is. Yeah. Like they didn't listen to all these interviews on Rogan. They didn't, they didn't listen to the, the documentary she made where she was running for president that makes her look crazy. And she was an executive producer on it too. This wasn't just some Michael Moore hit piece. <laughs> she was like, when piece, it, when it, it was rolled a, credits at the end, it was a suicide what, piece. Yeah. It was a suicide piece. I was like, Oh my God. Like when, when, when it showed her name at the end, cause the whole time I'm like, yeah, she looks pretty nuts, but whatever. This is obviously being made by somebody who doesn't like her. Oh my God. It was made by her. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah, she's, she's out there, man. And you know, I, I, it seems like what they did is they were like, listen, we're clearly Dealing with someone who's mentally ill, basically to the point of a disability. Like, if she wasn't an entertainer, I have no doubt she would be able to get full disability from the government for whatever the fuck's going on with her upstairs. You know what I mean? Or at least close. That makes sense. And so what they did is they they basically had someone who was like, if, if they had a blind guy who... Was like, listen, I, I know I'm blind, but I used to love Ferraris, and so every now and then I drive them blind, like Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman, you know. Um, <laughs> and they were like, listen, we're we're kind of concerned that you might run over a kid right now, so please try not to do that. Um, if you if we catch you driving or if you hit a kid, you're out the first time you hit a kid. Whereas what they should have done is take the Ferrari out of the out of out of the garage. And I think I said this a while ago when it first started. What? Well, I'm, what I'm surprised they didn't do is like, listen, we're going to give you the show, but we're not just suggesting, we're not just telling you not to tweet. What we're doing is we're demanding that you give us your Twitter password right now, and we're handing it over to an intern named Becky who just graduated from Berkeley in in uh, political science or or sociology or something like that. It's a lady with with a short blue crew cut. And uh, honestly, no one here likes her. You know, even the people that lean strong left. She just wanders around the office going, that's not how you say that. That's not how you say that. She's annoying as fuck. She's in charge of your Twitter account. This uh, this associate producer, we're now paying her double just to sit waiting for you to text her something to tweet. However, if it's not something that uh, uh, Pink Crew Cut Becky does not approve of, 
She's not tweeting it. End of fucking story. You're giving her you her pass your passwords and 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 that's it. She's now in charge of all your social media. That would have saved everything and I agree with you when when and I had the same thought not to that extent, but I had the thought um when they told her not to tweet, why didn't they just say shut your Twitter account down. We want it deleted. We do not want you making a new Twitter. Because you can right. get or like, fucked hey, up on Ambien and tweet. You text but you, and they tweet for you. Yeah, That's it. Well, you can get fucked up on Ambien and tweet, but you probably cannot get fucked up on Ambien and create a Twitter account and then tweet. Because, you know, yeah, once you have the app there and you just push a button and then tweet something... That's one thing, but sure. like, oh, uh, create login, uh, right, right, which is kind of a long word, and then verify yeah. account. Oh, you're 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 already moving it's on to the next thing. Um, the one thing I will say uh, before you said, I, I said the the final thing I will say is what I thought was interesting was Rogan said, you know, I don't think the show is going to be interesting without you. I think it will fail without you. And today I saw a critic, uh, Disney released the first two episodes so that critics could review them. And the critics said the show sucks, said it is just a boring sitcom without Roseanne because we had to, nobody want to watch Roseanne without Roseanne. Right. That's crazy. They said that now, with Roseanne, you had the dynamic. You had a bunch of people that supported Hillary and that were liberal and that she supported Trump, and there was a friction and there was a dynamic, and it made it interesting. And, now and that it's was just great, man. Boring. Everybody who didn't watch the fucking thing and decided they were going to blog based on a two-second clip of her that they that they saw on there, fuck you, man. Like, it was not a pro-Trump show. It was, it was a show where she's literally the only one on there who's claiming to support Trump. And it's not like they, they make her look like a genius by any means on there. It was about, hey, we have people that live together that disagree, and this is how they're getting along, you know? Exactly. And now they No say one else had the gone. balls to fucking do that, and they were making money because of it. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to other things. Uh, All right. Before we do, I have to take a short break. I got to go grab a cord for this because it's about to die. Oh, Sorry sure. About that. All right. Well, I will edit. Uh, let me take a look at the minute marker. I got 26 something. Okay. Yeah. 2604. So I will make a note that that's where I edit. Um, all right, welcome back, Jake. Uh, listeners, you didn't get much of a gap because I'm editing. So uh, we just finished talking about Roseanne. Uh, there are so many things we could talk about. Uh, the first one I do want to talk about, I, I, this made me laugh. It's To me, it's a how small is your penis? Literally, how small is your what, penis? Well, mine personally, I'm not going to fucking say that on the show. No, no, no. That's, that's what I'm saying, that the next story is a how small is your penis story. Oh, how small is this guy's yeah. dick? Yeah, let's take bets. The let's president of the Mormon Church reiterated on Sunday. What's his name? What's his name? Russell M. Nelson. You know what? I'll bet he's got a hawk, man. How'd, how'd he get all them wives? No, you know what I'm saying? He they ain't flocking to that three-inch. Nah. Because he, the, the uh, Russell M. Nelson... The uh, head of the Mormon Church, the president, reiterated that he wants the media and other people to use the full name of the Church of the Latter-day Saints because nicknames are a, quote, victory for Satan. Dude, I was confused about that. Is he saying that Mormon is a nickname? Yes, Mormon is a nickname. And he, that's what I'm saying about how small is your penis. How insecure are you that if someone calls you a Mormon, you're taking it like someone's using the N-word? You know, like, it's literally that what... That is what he's... he's it, 
that what I got from it is he is saying that you can't it's it's such a holy name the church of the latter day saints this 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 idiotic false religion that's been skewered beautifully by South Park and exposed in the book. I will say, you know. yeah, I'll give them credit though, man. They were pretty cool about about South Park. Oh, at and, the end, and, yeah, and the, the book that of twist was great. They said, look, so what if it's it's got these silly beginnings? Uh, the kid says, I have a great life, I have a great family, and it's about being a good person. That's what the the core is. So great. But, well, and and the church itself took it on the chin, man. Yeah, they took yeah. out an ad in the middle of the playbook. Yes, they did. <laughs> and we're like, listen, they, we all, they didn't fucking like uh, uh, Joseph Smith Akbar. We're gonna blow up the fucking theater, you know? Like they didn't, they didn't do any of that. They didn't pick it. They didn't, you know? They they took out an ad in the playbill. Said, hey, I hope you enjoy it. The, the the play. If you want to learn about the actual Church of Mormon, here, here's a one eight hundred number. You know? Yeah, I mean, so which is funny that I mean they've done a shift. They've done a one eighty instead of being cool with it uh, or having a sense of humor or realizing that it's better to play along and say, okay, you're watching this musical. Why? I think I remember the ad in the playbook said, "You've seen the musical. Why not come find the truth?" or something like that. It was, it was like you know, like. They just weren't pissed. This to me is hilarious. It's it's getting all. I had a friend in college, uh, actually in high school, uh, who and then we stopped being friends. It in seems college. like he's talking about his own uh, followers, though, right? Well, he's Sorry talking about all of them. He wants all of them to be this way. Uh, he wants the media to refer to him. So anyway, my friend, let me. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, my friend my entire life, all through from from whatever grade, seventh grade to twelfth grade, junior high and high school, was Jim. It went just, hey, Jim, Jim, blah, 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 blah. Then he went to college and took a couple college courses, and I went to hang out with him, and he was like, by the way, call me James now. I prefer to be called James. And I'm like, ah, whatever, Jim. And he would get pissed because he was like, I'm a college man now. And it's like, dude, I'm not calling you Jim to be a dick. It's just that I've known you as Jim for your whole fucking life, for my whole life. Did you just life. call me the short J word? Yeah, How dare you? Exactly. And then we're, we're not friends anymore, really, because he got offended and we started talking to each other less because he did this, well, I'm a grown-up now, I'm an adult. And it was just this, and that's what I thought of when I read this story is you are insecure. I would shorten it even more. I'd just call him J. Yeah, exactly. And call the book The Mormons M's. Hey, M's, what's going on? But it, it just, when you get obsessed over something like this, that means, you, again, it, it's an insecurity. If you aren't, like people always ask me, do you prefer Nathan or Nate? I'm like, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. I respond to either. And I've had people call me both. I'm a bartender. Like, hey, Nate. Like, hey, whatever. And then my friends, hey, Nathan. I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, I always just say my name is Nathan. And if someone shortens it, they're shortening it. I don't give a fuck because it's no reflection on who I am. I think it's more of a reflection on this idiot and the Mormon church that they are so pissy about the term Mormon. It's not the Judea people's front. It's the people's front of Judea. <laughs> I watched, uh, life of Brian not, people, not, Monty not the, Python. The movie, look it up. I watched on YouTube today. Uh, always look on the bright side of life. The closing song. I actually watched the, the song cause I love that song. And, That's a great uh, movie, man. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. So, so good. <laughs> I was able to, <laughs> I was able to plea bargain with him. I, I got to talk down to crucifixion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that movie in the theater. Absolutely loved it. Such uh, a good movie. All right. Um, do you, have you been following, and I'm probably going to get his name wrong, and I apologize because I'm not good with names, uh, Jamal Khashoggi, the uh, Washington Post journalist in Turkey. 
Is is he the guy that got that got killed by Saudi Arabia? Yes, and that Saudi oh Arabia God, yeah. is denying, and it is frighteningly hilarious. Like it's sad and scary that this happened, but it's also their denials are hilarious in a way. Yeah, it's 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 awful, man. I you know. Well, it's awful. I'll have to, so, okay, I'll have to well, find if, out for sure what happened to that guy. Okay, if listeners don't know, uh, Jamal, the, the journalist, went into the Saudi Arabian uh, embassy or consulate in Turkey and never came out. Because I don't know if you know anything about embassies, but they are surrounded by security. And when you have your embassy in a foreign country, that, that country likes to keep cameras and spy agencies, you know, they, they, they open up an office or take out an apartment across the street to keep an eye on the embassy because you are a foreign, like any foreign entity that's in America, we're watching them. And any American embassy in a foreign country, you know, there are spies across the street watching the American embassy. It's, it's politics. It's the spy game. So Turkey, when Trump called up, it was word for word, like the call in Goodfellas when they said that Joe Pesci got shot. Yeah, 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 we yeah. had a little problem with the, with the guy yeah. at the embassy. It, there was nothing it, we could do about it. Happen. I mean, he's happen. gone. He's gone. Yeah. Um, so, so this this journalist goes into the embassy and never comes out. Like they have video of him going into the embassy, and then, but uh, Turkey has fifteen Saudi death squad people. Like they, they, these fifteen guys show up. They fly into the Turkey airport and uh, check in through customs, and then they go into the embassy, and then they come out, and the journalist never comes out. And they start looking up these guys' identities, and they realize they're a death squad. They are, you know, Saudi hitmen, and the guy's dead. And uh, now there are recordings. They're saying that the Turkey's saying that they have audio recordings that the guy turned yeah. on his Apple Watch to record what was happening. And but the, 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 like I said, Saudi Arabia keeps going. No, he he left, dude. Uh, oh yeah, you you have no film of it, even though you have a camera on our door twenty four seven. But yeah, we didn't kill him. Like it's they're just literally saying we didn't kill him. He left when there is all this proof he didn't. And like I said, that is f- horrifyingly amusing in a way that that's their stance. That this thing that absolutely happened that they did, that everyone knows they did. They're just saying no, we didn't. They're they're, they're like a kid that was home alone that ate the last cookie of the cookie jar, and the mom walks into the kitchen and sees all the crumbs on the kid's shirt and goes, "Did you eat the cookie?" And goes, "No." And, and expects you to believe that. It's fucked when it, up. And it's so funny because, like, people, when, when Hillary Clinton was running, they, they were on her so much for, like, uh, oh, she's got all these Saudi Arabian connections and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, but Trump totally does, too. And, uh, I, I mean, this is this is just evidence of it. Like, he'd be, he'd be speaking up more. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it seems like yeah. most countries on Earth. If, the, if 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 you know, one of our journalists just wandered into their embassy and ended up getting tortured to death. I I think there'd be more of a stick about it. Well, and that's the thing is uh, Lindsey Graham uh, actually did say there will be hell to pay uh, if if proof comes out that they did this, and that's been the most vocal it's gotten. Like Trump, I think I guess just made sort of a sideways statement, but you're right, he's not saying anything. Like like it's been pretty quiet, and we're talking hey, dude, about a I, dead journalist here. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Hillary Clinton would be doing anything different right now. No. I'm just saying to all you guys out there going, ah, we don't like Hillary because she says one thing, but she's actually corrupt and bought out by all these shady characters. Oh, we're going with the shady uh, billionaire Manhattan guy. Uh, that's, that's, that's a place known for uh, you know clean politics and things like that. <laughs> uh, a couple more things before we sign off tonight. Um, 
I, I know that I have told you about The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu in the past. Did you ever get around to watching it? I am not. You know, I have been I have been so meaning to watch it. Sure. All right. Well, I will tell you this. My wife and I just stopped. Uh, it's got two seasons, and it's they're filming a third one. Um, we made it four episodes into the second season, and I did not like it any of the first three and then when we watched the fir- fourth one I just I, I was I realized I was tuning out and not even paying attention and when it was done I said you know if you want to keep watching this without me you know, it was our you know like husband wife thing we would watch the show like you know we watch our own shows on our own time but we pick certain shows and just watch them together to not bond because you don't bond by staring at a tv but you know what I mean right you just you sort of do it with your spouse your partner Sure, sure. So, uh, so you're saying this is the, in the second season? Right. So what I discovered after looking it up is I knew that the show was based on a book and the first season ends where the book ends. Uh, and it, like I, I, I think when I remember telling you about it, I was singing its praises and I still do. The first season is absolutely fucking fantastic. Sure. But I didn't know that after the book ended and they went to season two, now you have Hollywood taking over and they're like, instead of having this gripping, telling book to draw from, it's, hey, wouldn't this be cool? Or what if this happened? And even though I didn't know that's what happened. You know, what I think would be good to add to that that masterpiece that was the first season and and a hell of a book, uh, Chris Tucker. There needs to be a sidekick. <laughs> exactly. But it, the thing that's amazing to me is even though I didn't know that's what was happening, I could sense it. I just I sensed that something was off. I'm like, I am not enjoying this right. at all. And then I found out that, yeah, they lost their source material and they were just doing the best they could. And it's just it's not good. So I still absolutely recommend watching the first season. But like even when I said to my wife, I said, "Oh, I said, do you want to watch? You can watch this without me." She goes, "No, I'm I'm kind of done with it too. I don't need to watch it from here on out. It just it lost some of its it, its oomph. It, it lost. Well, its and kick. that happens to a lot of dramatic series. It really does. Uh, it's it's hard to keep a dramatic series going really long and still keep the story interesting because they either either one or two things happen. Well, it, it could be a, a number of things, but I, I'm just saying I, I I tend to notice a pattern. And it goes one of two ways. Either either the story starts to get boring and it starts to get uh, repetitive and dull. Or they're like, oh, dude, the thing that happened in these other seasons that was really, uh, really intense and extreme. Let's do it more extreme. And then it just gets so fucking ridiculous by the end of it that it's like, all right, well, I can't even take this serious now. You know, I can. Dude, my mind is working a little too fast. So so forgive me. I have two shows and each show describes one of your two scenarios. Um, yeah. The first one, Rescue Me with Dennis Leary. Did you watch that? I, I did not, no. first two seasons are fucking insanely good. The first season is great. The second season is great. Third season's good, and from there it fell off a cliff. And I'll just tell you this without really giving anything away. Uh, in the first season, he's having problems with his marriage, and he's he's having an affair with someone. I won't get into details, like I said, so if you want to watch yeah. it, fine. And by season seven, it's the same fucking thing. He's still having problems with his wife and still having an affair, but it's like... It's not ongoing. What would happen it's is... It's just circular. Right. Yeah. Over the course of, an, of, of a season, he'd break it off or they'd get back together. And then the next season, 
it would be yeah. that they break up again or he starts the affair again. It wasn't just I ongoing. I found a Tinder account on your phone. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Now I found a Bumble account on your phone here in season three. I'll tell you. Now I found a, th- what? A Thrinder. Yes. A three-way account it, in season exactly. five. What the? I, did, I didn't expect this. I didn't see it coming. Exactly. And it was just sad. And I stopped watching. But the first two seasons are phenomenal. The other a show Tinder you account. Of- what the hell? I didn't even know you swung that way. <laughs> the other show you made me think of, again, I'm going to sing praises, uh, Nip Tuck on FX. Did you ever watch Nip oh, Tuck? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. First two Got seasons. Got so fucking over the top Ex- by And that was the other one. Instead of becoming like, oh, circular, God. it went from so good. The first season was great. The second season with the Carver was fantastic. Yeah. And then the right. third season with the reveal of the Carver and anything from season three on was so over the top and bad yeah. and dumb. Do you remember what happened with the Carver? Because I do. I I don't, man. But yeah, it just got so dumb after a while. It was like, all right, uh, we got to do another face transplant. But there's ninjas attacking us. Oh, <laughs> take them out with your scalpel. And it was it was just so insane by the end of it. It's like, what the fuck, man? Well, I'll give you a quick recap uh, because I don't mind spoiling this one. In season two, they introduced someone called the Carver listeners where it was a serial rapist who would then uh, disfigure uh, his victim. And in season three, the reveal for the Carver, it took the entire season to do it. And it's this, there's this new surgeon that comes to work with them. And at one, I remember this very clearly, even though I only saw the episode once, I remember very clearly there's a season, uh, there's an episode where the new surgeon and one of the other surgeons go to a, 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 a sorority house and they're both getting blown. Well, by the end of the season, it turns out the, the surgeon is the serial killer partnered with his uh, a twin sister who's a detective and covering for him in the murders department but he is genderless he doesn't have a dick and the surgeon goes wait I saw you getting a blowjob he's like aha I paid her to pretend to blow me she was just bobbing her head up and down on my Ken like anatomy I don't just have like a Game of Thrones man them are sneaky eunuchs you right. gotta watch out for them and he's like when I raped all those people I was wearing a strap on and you're just like it went from the realm of frightening and rape, and now it's like, wait, he has no penis, and it was a strap-on, and there's a sister, and she's like, it, it got so absurd. And like you said, then the next season after that, they're like, well, how do we top the dickless rapist? It was like, you, oh, ninjas, and it just got so fucking absurd. that and, They and call him the phantom too. bugger in England. <laughs> That's where he started. Yeah, and it was circular because one of the surgeons uh, had an affair going, or had a relationship going with a, a blonde woman that they, they'd get together, they'd break up, they'd get together, they'd break up, and it was like, oh, fucking just stop. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it got so, and, and, and the, the son going to prison and all that, and he's in some fucking yeah. gang and shit. It, it just got so over the top oh, that it's like, son, okay, this has nothing to do with plastic surgery anymore. Right, nothing. and he, at the very end, ended up with that woman, and if I remember correctly, she was transgender, because yeah. uh, one of them had sex with her, said, wait a second, this, this vagina's too shallow, this, you used to be a man, and she's like, busted, and uh, they, they played the transgender thing not as the Scarlett Johansson uh, attempt to bring awareness to it, it was like, hey, I just had sex with a man, weird, you know? Like it, it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that episode probably wouldn't have flown. No, it would well not work today. Today, that being said, I think only seven people were watching it by that I point, think anyway. So, so. And I, <laughs> I think it kind of flew under the radar. And I was one of those seven going. 
is this show going to get good again? Please get good again. And it's what like, cause that's what inertia does to you when, when the yeah. first two seasons yeah. are so good, you just pray for it to get good again. And it doesn't. But that's why, dude, that's why I am, I, I tend to be, you hear me bitch on this show a lot about sequels, you know, yes. and it's not that I hate all sequels. It's that I hate the idea of them, right? I hate the idea of them because it's, it's sort of like what you were saying with the Handmaid's Tale, right? So, it was based on a book, but let's say let's say they even paid the author to write another book. That would be the best case scenario, and they based it on that. But uh, the thing where you're like, okay, well, we made a good movie, and and now they want us to make another one. I, I'm not saying there's not plots and 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 storylines and and actors and things like that 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 lend themselves well to that idea, right? But the the part where they're like, we want you to make another one where you keep this story going and you're like oh oh you want me to keep the thing going that had a beginning a middle and an end yes an e-n-d end and half the half the characters might not even be alive but oh we'll just get new ones we'll get twins that just fucking showed up from wherever um it's it's just you you know there was a beginning and a middle and an end how about we get the people that made that thing to do what a whole nother story that's going to captivate us. No, no, no. We we want to have, uh, you, you know, just the, the fucking thing keep going until it's running into the ground. To that end, did you ever read, and I did not see the movies, but did you ever read any of the Hunger Games? I did not, no. I saw the movies, though. Okay, when I, I remember finishing the first book of The Hunger Games... I, I was pleasantly surprised with the sequels of The Hunger Games. Oh, I, well, I see, here's that. the thing. I remember finishing the first book and going, that wasn't bad. And it had a beginning and a middle and an end, I thought. And I reading the second and third book, I just they, they got so worse and worse. And I fully felt that what happened with the author, and I could be wrong, but it, it, I got the sense that she wrote a book and put it out there and said, wow, I'm happy that I wrote that book. Good, you know, it was a very good book. But then it became so popular that suddenly it was like, oh, shit, I need to keep this going. And then that became a trilogy, even though the first book was a book. You could have ended it sure. right there. And then that was the impression I got. I could be wrong, but it seemed to me that that was sort of shoehorned in. Oh, and speaking of shoehorning in, I'll tell you a sequel I do like. Um, it's not great, but I thought it was all right for a sequel. Was Die Hard Two, and I remember. Oh di- yeah, Die Hard Two was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that was a great sequel. But, and, but that, did you know that what they did with that? Do you know what they did? Itself to a sequel. What's up? Do you know what they did with that? They found I can't remember if it was a short story or a book, and they just shoehorned John McClane in. So they said, yeah. "Well, how do we think of another story where he's sort of on his own and a rogue element and a?" And then they found right. someone that had already written something that was pretty good. And then just changed the name to John McClane. So it wasn't like... But those they... were some of those 80s sequels that just sort of made sense. Like, they were designed with sequels in mind, right. should this thing take off. Yeah. Your Lethal Weapons, your Mad Maxes, shit like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, one final thing before we go. We're talking about uh, the Joe Rogan podcast up front. Uh, I absolutely recommend the Roseanne interview, uh, listeners. Uh, did you ever hear of a podcast called Dr. Death? No. I recommend that. Uh, It's six episodes long. Actually, I take that back. It's now eight episodes long, but I tried listening to episode seven, and it was no good, and I assume... Well, Kevorkian doesn't have a good radio voice, dude. He's good at taking people out, but he's not good on the air. Kevorkian needs to sue. 
he should have trademarked Dr. Death because it's not about Jack Kravorkian. I thought that too. Um, let me quick explain why episodes seven and eight are bad because it was a six-part series. And after, it, it's kind of like what we're just, it's exactly what we were just talking about. After the six-part series was so popular, then the person, the, the reporter that did the first six episodes got too involved and said, well, now I'm just going to, you know, people can interview me and I'll talk about how I created the podcast. And right. it's like, well, now you're just, pushing the envelope you're 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 you know you're, it's done the six-part series is done and it's not interesting list, listening to you talk about it or being interviewed i tried and it was no good but uh i highly recommend it i tore through them very quickly in a nutshell what it is is dr death was a surgeon in dallas except he wasn't a surgeon he was it wasn't a catch me if you can he actually it's hard to get booked with that last name as yeah, a doctor you know what i'm but saying he just kept I feel for botching him. operations and then jumping to a new hospital. He was like the the, the priest of the, the medical world where, oh, killed a patient, better go to a new hospital. Oh, paralyzed a patient, better go to a new hospital. Oh, this one, you know, it's 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 compelling. It's, it's a podcast called Dr. Death, and that's all I'll tell you about it is I, I recommend the Joe Rogan with Roseanne. Just listen to her talk, and you'll feel more sympathetic uh, about her and understand it. And check out the documentary. She did. I wish I yeah. could remember the name of it, but the documentary of when she ran for the... Uh, President under the it, 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 she was in the Libertarian primaries in two thousand I, I believe it was two thousand twelve. Yeah, let me see if I can look it up. Uh, Rose, it's Rose fucking bad shit, man. President, let me let me see what comes up on Google quick. Um, well, there's a wiki. Remember when Roseanne? Remember when? No, no. Okay, so I just have articles on her running for president, but not what the the documentary is called. Either way, um, so that's what we got. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, if you disagree with us on anything, tell us. If you agree with us on anything, tell us. Uh, you can visit Jake at jakevever.com. You can find me at nathantimble.com. Tell your friends to listen to us. Please write nice reviews. And thanks for tuning in. Later. <laughs>